Cool. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of This Week on Planet Internet. I'm joined by one of our superstar devs, Jefferson. Hey, Jefferson. Hey. And also with our regular podcast host, Amy. Hello. What up? podcast today if maybe our backgrounds gave it away we're going to be talking about metaverses uh, a little bit about gaming metaverses but metaverses in general and uh, part of the reason why is because on hacker noon right now we have a gaming metaverse writing contest going on in partnership with the sandbox so basically anybody can log on to hacker noon in the next three months and publish an article about metaverses, NFTs, game development, and you can be entered to win up to $2,000. So please definitely do that. And speaking of our partnership with The Sandbox, the first article today is about The Sandbox Metaverse. And I chose this one because it was like, it's pretty well summarizes how people can make money specifically on The Sandbox Metaverse. But in the future, I think all metaverses that monetize are going to follow this same structure anyways. So it explains in general how the metaverse can be monetized, much like how the internet was monetized. So this one is called Why Owning Land on the Sandbox Could Make You Rich, written by Raven Hart. And uh, it basically just talks about how the sandbox works, how their virtual land sales work, what you can do with the virtual land, and how you can make money with that virtual land. And uh, yeah, it's quite interesting. And if you're up to date on how metaverses work and if you're up to date with the sandbox, it's not a surprise, but I think it might've been a surprise to you, Amy. You're not that familiar with the sandbox. What did you think when you read this article? Yes, so I've only just started learning about the sandbox and metaverses in terms of real estate that you can purchase, which is like what the sandbox is based off of. And I thought this article is super interesting because Something that I didn't realize is that the sandbox, when you purchase said piece of virtual land, in the future you will be able to rent that out to different people, like a real property. And so I thought that was really interesting. And I think the premise is interesting in the sense that if you buy these properties, you're essentially saying that you're going to make some kind of showcase in there or like something probably to sell people something, right? Like it's going to be some kind of like company website or something probably. So I think that a lot of people or a lot of companies will probably rent out these spaces to do, you know, art galleries and there are games or some kind of interactive experience and could pay a pretty okay. penny for them. So really interesting. Yeah, like uh, to summarize, the few of the ways that the writer talked about making money on the sandbox is, uh, as Amy said, renting out land to other people to use. You could host giveaways and contests on your land. And uh, one of the big ones is selling ad space, much like how the internet found monetization in the form of ads and how Facebook and social media found monetization in the form of ads, the metaverse will follow suit. So that's one of the biggest ones. And aside from that, people can sell the land if you wanted to, much like real estate. So if you were to purchase land on the sandbox or any metaverse, and if that metaverse becomes really popular, like how Fortnite or Roblox became really popular, then the more people that are going into that metaverse, the more that land is worth and you can sell yeah. it for future profits, hopefully. What about uh, you, Jefferson? Sorry? Jefferson, do you think that people are buying this or do you think companies are buying? I think 
both companies like for promoting them th- themselves or you know, creating some 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 experiences so mm-hmm. they can return those people to their websites or to their products but also people to create experiences to share trade stuff so i believe that this is on a, an early stage but i see like a big future on it and it's an interesting topic yeah as a developer what interests you about the technology how what what differentiates like developing for the metaverse versus developing for the regular internet the actually the metaverse allows people to have freedom to create and to share it's like a, a, a digital universe where people can do basically anything so it open up the scope of the development you, you create a system where mm-hmm. everyone can contribute it's not just up to you to put things there so yeah it's crazy and cool at the same time yeah for sure for sure and i think for people who don't are like familiar with blockchain metaverses or nfts using the sandbox as like an intro to metaverse is maybe not the best so next i'd like to ask both of you what was your intro to metaverse culture like we don't mm-hmm. have to worry about the formal definition of metaverse what was the first like community online that felt different to you it wasn't the same as a normal game and it wasn't the same as just a chat room what was your intro to like online communities like this i love club penguin which i've just recently thought about which is why i made it my background which is like a very like deep cut early 2000s game where you could walk around as a penguin and chat with people but this was i feel like it, this was like in my MSN days and I think that this was like the first instance where I was like where it was super interactive with other people that I played as an online game. This also neo like I played Neopets a lot to you but like it the interaction between people wasn't as prominent. Yeah, so I think Club Penguin might have been it for me. Cool, cool. And how about you, Jefferson? What was your intro to these kind of communities? I think it was Hubble Hope. It was it 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 is still live today. I I found my 2009 account there. You could like work and talk to people, see the rooms that they created. You you could find super crazy stuff which they built so you could trade uh, mobs and stuff. It was pretty pretty crazy at the time. I've never played this. Yeah. My intro as well, Jefferson, we bonded about it because if you knew Habbo Hotel, you knew Habbo Hotel. Nobody was like 10% in. They're like, everyone was 200% in. Um, Did you ever play Webkins? I was definitely too old for that. Like I was too old to play it, but I did (laughs) because I had younger cousins and younger brothers. Neopets? Not with it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Webkins. So you would buy these stuffed animals and the animals would come with a card and the card would have a code in it and then you would put the code into the game and then you would have the animal in the game and Ah. in real life. And obviously as like a dog animal lover, I was like super into this. This was my life. (laughs) And like how much would it cost for those sort of things? Do you remember? Oh my gosh. Okay. (laughs) Each animal used to be like $15. And I would spend like yeah. all of my money on this. And now exactly, right? they will sell them at, I've seen them at the dollar store, the literal dollar store for a dollar. <laughs> like what? <laughs> so I asked that question because that form of monetization, like facing kids and like mm-hmm. how well it worked for you, it's it was so similar for Hubble Hotel. I think Jefferson, you mm-hmm. remember like 
owning furniture on Hubbo Hotel gave you the ability to create rooms and create experiences, but the, the furniture was really expensive. Jefferson, did you ever buy furniture on Hubbo Hotel? No, never, never. Yeah, we, you, there's a How poor kids on Hubbo Hotel. I think 50 credits back in the day would have been something like $20 or so. And with those 50 credits, you could maybe buy, I don't know, 10 chairs or something. Like it's not enough to build a room. Oh, wow. Okay, wait. And also to go back to the sandbox and give some context, how much is a piece of land going for? If you get it, like, uh, so the sandbox does drops of their land where you can buy it at like the normal going price. But to be honest, I've never been able to get in there. So I've never mm -hmm. experienced it. But if you mm -hmm. go on the reseller market, it's crazy. Like it's... Yeah. Uh, I like think the, the cheapest plots I found were like one Ethereum. So about like 4,000 USD was like the cheapest oh, okay. one I saw recently. Okay. Yeah. Still but crazy. Not like but like 500,000. It depends on how big. I guess if you bought mm -hmm. like an entire acre worth, it might be. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But uh, so what about these metaphors then caused you to want to buy, buy things in it? Because I remember in Habo Hotel... I wanted to. I wanted to be like the richest person there. I, I did all sorts of things. What differentiates these platforms like Habo Hotel or Club Penguin from a normal MSN messenger or a normal forum board? What did you get out of it that was different? It's the gamification, isn't it? Like these chat functions don't have gamification in it. Like MSN didn't have that other than a little ping or whatever it was. But yeah. it's like gamification, like with Club Penguin, there were multiple different games that you would play within it and then you'd have to get like coins or something and there was an mm -hmm. objective of the game of some sort and you buy stuff with the money and it was a whole thing. So like yeah. to keep going back because you've got money there, you've got all your friends there, it's like, <laughs> I don't know. Cool. How about you, Jefferson? What, what was the appeal? Maybe I, I think the experience of it, like... I was I I enjoyed exploring the rooms and all the experience that other people created. People that actually have cash because I haven't. Yeah. But yeah. So I was like wandering around and exploring, and I got jobs and stuff, and they paid me. Sometimes they didn't, but I was there anyway. Yeah. So what? yeah. Is this like yeah. Sims? Yeah. You could yeah. you pretend that you have a life and you work and yeah. These metaverses because the life in the metaverse is better than your real life? I wouldn't say, I don't know about you, Jefferson, I wouldn't say better, but I think it was more role play. There were tons of people who would like role play being a family on a hub hotel. Uh, I joined an <laughs> army and I was like, I went from private in the army to like a corporal and it took me months to get there. <laughs> it was like, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I was like a police officer and I was like wandering around dressed like a police officer and pretending to be, it was cool. And like, what amazes me about Habo Hotel and how it proves that the metaverse works is all these people made was a place where you could sign in to these empty rooms and a marketplace for furniture. And the members are the one who created everything else. Habbo Hotel didn't come in and think, oh, we're going to build this place and there's going to be casinos, there's going to be armies, there's going to be like furniture games. They didn't know any of that would happen. It was made by the creativity of the community. I mm -hmm. think uh, for me, that's like what separates a that's metaverse cool. from a regular game or a regular platform. So would you consider like uh, a DS game a metaverse? 
could you give an example of what DS game or like a, what okay, kind of DS so game? When I was younger, I used to play Nintendogs religiously. Of course, the only games I'm interested in had animals in them. And Nintendogs, you used to be able to take your dog to your friend's house and then you could walk your dogs together. Do you think that's a metaverse? What do you think, Jefferson? Does it count? You're the developer. Mm. Yeah, maybe like a more limited version of it, but can be. I don't know. Would you create stuff there like in the universe or not really no actually that's not true you had a house and then you would decorate your house oh. but it was pretty limited in like customization though mm -hmm. and your dog would have its own collar or outfit and then you could have a different kind of leash for your dog <laughs> yeah kind for, of for can... I'm on Jefferson's side here. I think it's, but it, the there's so many different definitions of mm -hmm. metaverse. But for me, the differentiating factor is: can you create your own experiences, not just uh, like your own avatar or decoration? Can you okay. affect what's happening in the game or what's happening in the world? Okay. Yeah. But uh, on that, one metaverse that did really well in that sense was Fortnite, which is what our next article is. Uh, shameless plug, I did write this one, but not because I'm trying to toot my own horn, but it fits really well with this with this topic. So this article in a nutshell was about how Fortnite went from just being a battle royale shooting game to a metaverse. And the long story short is it basically became the virtual playground that replaced the basketball court. It replaced the community center where kids were hanging out. And instead, it be, this became where people hung out. And it's not just kids, parents, families. I used to play with an entire family, literally. The father, the mother, and the kid all played at the same time, and we played together. So it just showed the ability to bring people together. And on Fortnite, you can customize your avatar and you can create your own experiences. You can create your own games, you can create your own maps. But more importantly, they took it a step further in the sense that they created in-game events where everybody around the world would experience at exactly the same time. Millions of people seeing the same concert at the same time or seeing the same uh, new addition to the map at the same time. So creating this sense of it's not just a game it's a place to experience things was something Fortnite did well in its peak. Unfortunately, now it's died, but it proved how well metaverses work and how well they can be monetized, which is why we saw crossovers with Marvel, with Star Wars, all these big IPs looking to advertise their stuff on Fortnite. Did either of you play Fortnite, Jefferson or Amy, or played a game like it? I've never played. Uh no, shame on me. Never played. Once I installed it, but then I uninstalled it before I opened it. So, yeah. I've never had bad. any interest in Fortnite until Ariana Grande started partnering with Fortnite like a month ago. And now I'm like, oh, wait, I could be Ariana Grande. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's cool. And like that just shows how well their marketing is and how well the metaverse works because everybody was trying to get advertised there. Like you just said, Ariana Grande wanted to get advertised mm -hmm. on there. Seeing things like this, do both of you, do both of you buy into the idea that the metaverse is going to be the next form of the internet or do you still just think it's a bit of a buzzword? For myself, I do think it's going to be the next big thing. I think like games as a service, like they, always keep evolving and not like just release a new uh, game every two and three years, but they keep evolving again and again. And so 
I think companies will start to put ads inside so to, so they can monetize. But yeah, I think it, that's the way it's going. I feel like COVID and quarantine has accelerated the adoption of metaverses in the sense that you can't go outside. So I'm going to go into an online universe instead. So yeah, I think adoption has increased exponentially. Do you have firsthand experience of that feeling? Did you turn to online communities during this time and did it work? Did you feel a similar sense of connection that you would in person? I, in over quarantine, I started playing Among Us with my friends, which like, I don't know if you would count as a metaverse, but I never, we've never gamed before, <laughs> like ever at all of any kind. It was nice to just be able to, uh, like have an event every week that we could chat at the same time and do something. Yeah, I think like even I got into it. <laughs> yeah. How about you, Jefferson? Does, did, was there online experiences that kind of replaced the sense of a connection for you that we couldn't get during this pandemic? Yeah, on the pandemic, nothing changed much because I'm not a kind of a social person, but <laughs> 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 yeah, but yeah, I enjoy like, GDA role play because you can kind of you, you pretend to be someone else and you have work and stuff like that but things haven't changed much <laughs> that's Don't so worry, funny buddy. i was like yeah. when we went to court he was like i'm dying i need my socialization we need to have once a week among us nights we need to do all of these different things online because i can't see people in person <laughs> No, I'm the same as you, Jefferson. For me, it's, oh, now I can play video games all day and nobody judges me. Like, yeah. it's perfect. <laughs> yeah. Cool. So speaking of metaverses, one of the companies that have been really talking about it recently and have been making headlines is Facebook, which is uh, what our next article is about. It's on Seeking Alpha, and it's titled Facebook is the King of the Metaverse. In a nutshell, lots of this article was about stocks and like the stock markets aspect of metaverse and how Facebook is using it, not just like for fun, they're actually doing it as one of their main like value ads and they're transitioning from just being social media to a metaverse company. One of the quotes from, I think he said it was one of Facebook's investors talks or something from Zuckerberg said that he wants the world to stop seeing us primarily as a social media company to seeing us as a metaverse company, which is a huge thing to say. It means they're planning to pivot completely into the metaverse. And it was basically about the author talking about how this might have affected Facebook stock and what the metaverse means. But I'm interested to see what you thought of this, Jefferson. Yeah, Facebook almost reaching 2 billion users. If they do that transition, they will be like, the biggest metaverse around and they have like this whole community community stuff like they have communities you can uh, talk to your friends you can post everything uh, you have, can, you have the marketplace they got into that uh, virtual reality goggles so it's kind of the way to go they have the player base they have the users there so it wouldn't be like it wouldn't be like a bad idea to head to the metaverse. I see, I see. So in general, you're saying that basically Facebook already has all the aspects of what it needs to create a metaverse. It has videos, it has groups that people can make on their own pages, it has the usership. So you're thinking that Facebook has the ability to do it 
But do you think it's a good idea? Do you think it'll actually work out? I do think, especially now on the pandemic, we do not know how things will go, if things will get better or not. And since almost everything is starting to get digitalized and all those universes are being created, I think that's the way that uh, Facebook should head. Interesting, interesting. What about uh, you, Amy? Do you think Facebook will stick to its guns and make this pivot? And do you think it'll work out? Yeah, I think it would be a smart move for them. What I think thought was interesting from this article was how it talked about Instagram's piece in this as well, in the sense that if Facebook could really create a metaverse, I imagine that would in incorporate Instagram too because it's part of their offering but then it, part of this article talked about how they haven't really connected it too far yet because of legal reasons or something or logistics or so I don't know they there was a reason for why they didn't want to connect them yet but I think imagining a metaverse as like Facebook and Instagram combined that would be huge mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And part of the puzzle we hadn't mentioned yet, Jefferson briefly mentioned, was Facebook owns Oculus now, which is mm-hmm. like one of the biggest VR companies in the world. I think they have sold the most VR units so that they could be considered the top VR company. And I think that's the biggest change for the metaverse. Like one of the things that people talk about how it's not just the internet and why it's not just the internet, why it's the evolution of the internet. It's the idea that you're not just looking at the internet on a screen, you actually go into it now. So instead of searching for information on Wikipedia in a metaverse, maybe I would walk into the Wikipedia building and I would find that book on the shelf. Um, Seeing that, in my opinion, like the VR aspect is the most interesting part of it. Have both of you or have either of you adopted VR? Are you playing VR games? Are you interested in getting VR headsets or are you not there yet? I used to do, I, I, and oof. I think it must have been probably 2015. I went to a few VR conferences in Vancouver that were super interesting that had a bunch of different games and different use cases of VR, which were really interesting. One of the things that I thought was really cool was that someone was building a fear simulator so that they would be able to overcome their fear of heights. That was a fun. Yeah, lots of different aspects of VR that are really cool and could potentially become like metaverse like although i can't imagine myself right now like putting on a headset to walk around in a marketplace metaverse i don't know it seems too far-fetched for the technology of the moment i want to come back to that but jefferson what about you do you adopt vr right now are you using it Mm, not yet i'm updating my rig to buy an oculus so yeah, but I do want like to get into horror games and stuff like that in VR. It might be super cool. Yeah. On that note, though, you actually don't need an expensive rig. That's one. That was one of the biggest boundaries for people. You'd have to buy mm-hmm. a two thousand dollar computer than a thousand dollar headset. Facebook prices the Oculus cheap enough that it's cheaper than the PlayStation Five. You don't need. You don't even need a PC anymore. But if you want the best VR, you do need a PC. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the yeah, Oculus like- actually is not even that bad. Like, it's quite good. But I have tried on some VR sets that have made me, like, ill. So I think, yeah. but this, to be fair, though, this was probably like six years ago. So I imagine that the technology has improved quite a bit for the lower end VR sets. But some of the, like, cheaper end VR sets, I feel, are a little dizzying. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I want to test like those new games like Half-Life Alex and stuff and yeah. the rig will, will mm-hmm. I will need to upgrade it. Yeah. Then you need it for sure. And mm-hmm. uh, one interesting thing about VR sickness, I, out of everybody I know in my life, I get the most motion sick. So mm-hmm. I was like, oh, is this going to work for me? And in the beginning, it, it was really bad. So I had to take the same pills I would take on airplanes to use it. But after a while, like I learned how you're not supposed to do that. You're actually just supposed to jump in head first and get your mind used to it. And just eventually, you just, yeah, seriously, like there are tutorials on the internet about how if it's really bad, you play for 30 seconds, then you stop. Then you wow. keep doing that. And then eventually your mind disassociates what you're seeing on screen versus what's happening in real life and you don't get sick anymore. It just takes Did some time. Did it work time. for you? Oh yeah, I can go flying now and I'm fine. Okay. No? Yeah. <laughs> nice, all right, good to know. And Amy, you talked about how you're not sure how this will work for a marketplace, but I think one of the biggest use cases is a marketplace. Cause now instead of trying clothes on online, you could do that in VR. Yeah. It's shopping for furniture, you could do that in VR. Do you see that stuff as panning out in the future? I have seen that more in an application of AR, though. Are you mm-hmm. familiar with, I believe it's called Rent the Runway? No. They are a fashion company, and one of their, I believe one of their storefronts in New York has this mirror that is, you try on the clothes in the mirror, and you don't have to, like, actually change, which is quite interesting. It's really cool. Really cool. Yeah. One important aspect of this, though, I'm sure everyone's ready player one. It's like the go-to pop culture thing people talk about when they want to have a quick idea of the members. That was like a dystopian idea of what the metaverse could be. But that, that metaverse was called the Oasis. It was run by like the biggest tech company of the world at that time. It's looking like the biggest metaverse is going to be Facebook's, which is called Facebook Horizon. Oh. And it, it seems pretty eerily similar. So oh, no. You either of you see any potential problems happening or do you think that's just fiction and you think there's enough government regulations in place where we'll be okay? Nah, man, like this definitely goes back to the whole decentralization movement of everything, right? Like the one big player is going to come in and make the biggest Mm -hmm. metaverse and then there's going to be no more sandbox and there's going to be no more everything else because Facebook's going to take over everything. Yeah. Jefferson, do you see a way where we, like, as a developer, could there be safeguards built? Could we build this in a decentralized way where a main player like Facebook wouldn't have complete control? If everyone's using the metaverse the same way they use the internet, isn't it incredibly dangerous that just one company would own the biggest pie of it? I don't think so. I I really believe that probably government will step in the way, like they regulate those big companies to not take over the world and stuff. So yeah, I, I think it will not happen. It will have space to like smaller metaverses, but they will not be as, they will not have the power that those big companies metaverses will have. I think it will be around that. I think you're very optimistic. I, I, yeah. I don't agree that the government has regulated companies well. Do they do that? Yeah, I kind of avoid using those big tech stuff, but 
I don't have Facebook nor Instagram installed and nor mm. all those stuff. I don't know. I, I prefer to waste my time playing video games instead of on social media. <laughs> yeah. Facebook um, gaming still a thing. You mean like their Twitch kind of platform? Like member Farmville? I think it is. I think they still have games on there for sure. Interesting. I have not played that since the early 2000s as well. Yeah, but they had was- all different kinds of apps, right? Like with games within Facebook. So maybe that's oh, how yeah. they will I, I transition think, to their metaverse. I think they, yeah, I think they dropped that. I, I'm not quite oh, really? sure. Yeah. I used to play poker on Facebook all the time. <laughs> I played Pet Society. Of course. It's a side. Okay, okay. It was like Looks Farmville, like but here. pets. Oh. Still here, everyone. It's a nice. little bit harder to find that. <laughs> the UI is a little outdated, but it's still there. Yeah. Yes, yes. To end off here, what's a game or a platform that you'd want to see become a metaverse right away? What's the most interesting or exciting metaverse you'd want to enter? Let's bring back Neopets. Why Neopets? Animals. <laughs> I'm in. Games I'm in animals. for Neopets. The money uh, tree. Pets, if it was actually on Nintendo Switch, like this, that would this be fake, uh, that would be amazing. What about you, Jefferson? What would you bring back? What metaverse do you want to enter? To bring back, I'm not quite sure. I do have a game that I want to become a metaverse. Which one? Um, absolutely Grand Theft Auto. There are some mm. rumors that they are the, the next GTA will become a game as a service. It will be like the last GTA. Oh, nice. And yeah, it, they will be keep just updating the game and making improvements and stuff. Rumors, so you never know. But it will be cool to... For sure. Yeah, create your character and do everything you want there and stuff. For sure, for sure. For me, it's a platform called Coke Music. Have either of you heard of this? No. So it is a clone of Haba Hotel that was made by Coca-Cola, basically to promote their products. But to be honest, like Jefferson and Amy, like this, it was much better than Habbo Hotel. I, I don't know why. I think it's because the furniture was, was cheaper. So you didn't have to spend endless amounts of money, but it was like the smartest marketing ploy because they had well, thousands of this? people. Sorry? When was this? I would say around a little bit after Habbo Hotel. So maybe 2000 and. 2005 to 2010-ish, she was popular, I'd say. Okay. And the main difference between Coke Music and Habbo Hotel was in order to gain like the money to buy furniture, which was all Coke branded, you had to go into these main lobbies that had a bunch of people and one DJ in the middle of the room. And you would walk up to the DJ and play a, a song that you made in the game. So they had this audio creation platform and everybody in the room would either thumbs up or thumbs down your song. And the more thumbs up you got, the more money you would make. And then the next person <laughs> would go up. So it was like uh, you were running your own concert. You're like a mini were DJ. You good plus, at it? Uh, I was good. I, was, <laughs> I don't know if my music was good, but I learned how to hack the platform so I could duplicate furniture. Uh, <laughs> so okay, I cheated, cheated a little bit. All right. Thanks for joining us today, everybody, on this episode 
this week on Planet Internet talking about the metaverses. Once again, if you're interested in metaverses, please log on to Hack Noon, submit your gaming metaverse story, and try to win some money. I was your host today, Lee Mark, joined by Amy Tom and Jefferson Borba. And this episode was edited by somebody's name I forget, so we're just going to cut out Alex. that line. <laughs> Let me record it again. This episode was edited by Alex. Thanks, everyone. We'll see you next time. And also, yes. Also, I would be remiss if I did not mention that you can use the power of technology to aid in Afghanistan support. So you can Google it to educate yourself more about the issues that Afghanistan people are facing, as well as donate to the relief efforts to help support those people to get out of the country. So we will put a link to a a charity of some sort in the description of this episode if you would like to donate. Awesome. Thanks very much, everyone. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye. Afternoon podcast.